0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 144. This is our 2020 DP World Tour Championship episode, our final podcast of the year. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's European Tour finale. Good morning, chaps. Morning, guys. Morning, everyone. This podcast, is for listeners of 18 and above, please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information and, of course, please bet responsibly visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews masses of tournament stats and our predictor models all available completely free of charge with no paywall please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show we're available on social media on twitter barry is at a good golf paul is at golf betting And I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. Please take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. I have three here, gentlemen, to quickly run through. Fantastic knowledge and stats is the title of the first five stars. I listen to these podcasts on a weekly basis. They genuinely help me with tipping out the guys I tip on a weekly basis. Some of the data and stats they give, I can't seem to find anywhere. Keep up the good work. Myself and my followers appreciate it. That's from Brummy Golfing Tipster. He, of course, well, I guess he's in the West Midlands, but he's in Great Britain. Number two, so much more than just The Moolah. Thanks, guys, is the title. Five stars. Such a great show, guys. Everyone always talks about its value in terms of hard cash, but also love the show in general. Rapport, you guys have an all-round delivery. Thanks for keeping me sane once a week during lockdown. And that is from Appy Fingers. He's in Great Britain. And the final review of 2020. Clearly, if you write a review now, I'll be be reading it out on the first show of 2021. This one is titled, Brilliant Content, five stars, cracking stuff, lads. The detail you guys go into is impressive, and I really like the way you take the time to explain your selections. Helps me think about my punting from a different angle. Keep up the good work, and that's from Ted T's T in Great Britain.
1: Lovely staff. Thank you very much for each of those three reviews this week. Always much appreciated.
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah, for everyone throughout the year as well. It's uh, yeah. it's, it's awesome to hear it. Absolutely. Um, I,
0: I think we're approaching 170 odd reviews across the different countries that we tend to have a good listenership in.
1: Yeah, it's good. So that's and all we, good. We do get a good uh, spread of feedback as well. No, it's not just from the UK, is it? We've had uh, had it from all over the world this year, which is uh, which is encouraging, very encouraging.
0: I've heard that you're very big, Paul, in, uh, in Australia.
1: <laughs> Quite possibly.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Quite
0: possibly. Right, before we go into last week, and clearly we're focusing this week on the European Tour Finale, the DP World Tour Championship on the Earth course, just wanted to highlight, we keep a close tab on each way terms. And we've done this for, I think it's five years now at Golf Betting System, where effectively every week we record the terms that are provided to golf punters. Now, that includes uh, the major championships. It includes the World Golf Championships, and it includes every European Tour and PGA Tour event. And traditionally... Um, Paddy Power come out top in this each and every year but we have a new winner this year we have a new betting company that have provided the most each way places acro- across what we must say is a truncated 2020 but uh, 2020 nonetheless I'll go I'll go through the top 5 these are total each way places offered all at 50 odds across European Tour PGA Tour majors and WGCs 5 Coral 127 places. Four Skybet, 134. Then a large gap to Betfair Sports Booker, a third at 168. Paddy Power, second at 170. And the 2020 winners, the most each-way places offered to its punters, Boyle Sports, 174 each-way places offered in 2020.
1: Yeah, and that's above and beyond the kind of standard five. Or, standard, yeah. You know, if It's a very short field, it'd be four. Additional
0: each-way terms, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they've been very, very aggressive, haven't they, ball sports? It's been good to see. And again, this week's another case in point because they've gone eight places each way at the DB World Tour Championship, a fifth of the odds on what is a short 65-man field. So... Um, Getting eight spots um, out of your sixty-five man field is a pretty strong percentage. Um, Clearly, I mean, with all of these, you tend to find there's a little bit of a compromise in terms of the odds. Not on every player, but in in the number of them. But um, they've got a decent blend at the moment, haven't they? Boyle Sports. There's some uh, some good prices um, in general and some uh, exceptionally strong each way terms. So, uh, hats off to them. Just to put
0: some context into it, go back to 2018, additional places. Paddy Power, number one in 2018 for additional spots. 177 total across the whole of 2018. And then you're seeing Boyle Sports now, 174. And we lost, what, two and a half months
1: of golf? Yeah, yeah, a little bit more than the European tour.
0: So it does show you that, undoubtedly, there is, uh, just back to that 2018, second were Coral, 148. So it just shows you the numbers that we were reading through. You know, spoils mm. at one seventy four, Paddy at one seventy, Bear one sixty eight, Skybet one thirty four, Coral one twenty seven. There's undoubtedly more value out there, just in terms of each way places available across, you know, the big betting, the the big tournaments, ongoing. So, and that can't be a bad thing for punters, can it? No. Just worth keeping a track on that. So that's a that's a page that uh, we constantly update a golf betting system. I just thought I'd highlight that. And if you haven't got a Boyle Sports account or a Paddy Power account, Betfair account, it's it's worth looking into, especially if you're a regular golf punter, because pretty much week in, week out, those guys are offering the best or the, the most additional each-way terms each and every week. Right. Last week, three tournaments. Uh, you got, mm, Paul, you got uh, Wallace into a playoff for the victory.
1: Well, was it
0: a six-man yeah. yeah. six playoff?
1: No, no, no. He ended up uh, in a joint, a joint second. So um, was
0: it joint second?
1: Yeah, he. I don't know. He kind of huffed and puffed the way through the week. Um, finished a couple of. I saw his
0: missed putt on eighteen on Saturday. That was a cracker. It must have been about two, two feet,
1: was it? <laughs> well, yeah. It was, I think it was three foot five or something. But uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't wasn't long. He missed another one similar to that earlier in the day as well. So if you put those two sub four feet putts into the mix then then he does make a playoff um actually it wasn't so much that it was there was at least one destructive drive per round which um, resulted in a a bogey or a a double and often they were on the, the par fives as well so you know rather than making a birdie from a decent drive or an eagle potentially he was making bogey and you know, you, you add up those up over the course of the four days, and um, there's a difference between winning and losing. Other than that, his game looked really, really strong. Um, he's he's not far away at all, um, Matt uh, Matt Wallace. But yeah, didn't quite happen. Got the place money, but uh, yeah, that was it. Unfortunately, Matthias Schwab over at the South African Open was the best chance we had. Um, he was right in the mix after the first day, but uh, kind of just trod water from there. Didn't do much at all after that. And again, he was another one who make a lot of mistakes on the par fives. You know, Bogies and doubles on the par fives when you should be uh, you know, eating those up as a professional golfer. And Again, that's the, the difference between the two. But uh, yeah, Christian Persuaden, who again, second week on the trot, come up by uh, trumps over in South Africa. So uh, he's quickly accumulating uh, silverware in his cabinet now, isn't he? Dixon player. Mm. Two on the trot hard to do isn't it it is yeah i think that was the first time since uh justin rose back in 2017 i read um in the week or over the weekend that uh, a european tour player had achieved two consecutive wins like that so so yeah very impressive for him and clearly at the top of his game right now and i'm sure he'll have his backers again this week even though his price has been uh, cut quite considerably despite you know relative to the field that he's playing in this week but uh yeah, we'll touch on that in a few minutes. I know we don't cover um,
0: the Japanese tour, but it's Chan Kim. Now, Chan Kim, he's a guy that's regularly tipped up by a lot of the people on our Golf Betting System Facebook group. Mm. Well, American, isn't he? But Or American um, nationality, technically. Um, fourth, fifth, and then he won last week on the, the Nippon Series JT Cup. He's now up to 73rd in the world. So I'll be interested to see... Where Chan decides to take his golf in 2021, yeah, does he try? Does he try and get on the PGA Tour? Does he come across the European Tour and try and build ranking that way?
1: Well, it's not far off um, either, really. At that kind of level of the AWGR, he could. Uh, mm. He's going to get some starts in some, um, yeah, you know, in some events where he wants to play, isn't he? we've seen him pop up in uh, in majors in the past and in the fields. Didn't he finish? Yeah. Um, he finished top ten, I think, in one of them, didn't he? Vaguely remember, it may have been an Open Championship. I, I, I know I, it's
0: contended. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember eleventh at the Open in 2017.
1: Nah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember him being put up at like a thousand to one with ten places each way by some people on our Facebook group. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think they were pulling their hair out. Of the end. You're right. They finished eleventh in the end, didn't he? Um, yeah.
0: That is his fifth uh, victory in Japan from since May 28, 2017. So he's getting pretty prestigious and that includes the uh, Open Golf Ch- Japan Open Golf Championship 2019. So, yeah, decent player, this Kim guy. Mm,
1: absolutely. What did we
0: make of Mayakoba?
1: Lovely place. Yeah, no, you did well. He got a uh, got, uh, long... Well, he, he looked like he was writing with a chance of winning at one point, didn't he? A few holes to go, but as is often the case. Well, there were so many players up there, weren't there, who had a chance with three or four holes to go. It was... Um, you know it's just take your pick really but uh, yeah didn't quite happen but they what did you get 70 to 1 i think you got on adam long 70 yeah. to
0: 1 on long mm. um we did say on the podcast last week at the top end it would be hovland
2: well the, that it was the, it was, the,
0: it, was the, it was the price that put us off 20 to 1 22 in one spot last week on hovland i, I said would've... twenty twenty eight. 28 i would have been all over him another
2: rash I would have been okay with the price if his record at Mayakoba had been anything better than two missed cuts from two appearances. You know, that was such a negative mark against him for me because he could genuinely have a situation where he just doesn't get along with that golf course. And I've been tracking him for a few weeks and just thinking he was going to really uh, grab a victory. And I just... I couldn't see it with the two missed cuts, or I couldn't pull the trigger before the event. Okay. Once I saw him get off to a decent start on Thursday, uh, I backed him in running, so I got a little bit of uh, the action, which was it? good. Uh, I only picked him up at eight to one, and if I one? yeah, if I'd got him at better times um, when you know the leaderboard stretched a bit before he went out, I probably could have got a, you know, a few more points, but. Yeah. Look, um, you can't. I can't be sitting there watching the um the, <laughs> the odds checker like a stock market all day long. So, <laughs> sorry, got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I mean that actually is work for you guys. So you know, <laughs> maybe I should have asked you to keep an eye on it. But uh, look, I was happy to get it. Um and um. Yeah, it was good. It was interesting to see the uh, the Maya Co- uh, the Puerto Rico Open curse broken. So this yeah. might this might unlock T four Tony for you, Steve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not last. It was week.
2: funny, wasn't it? I mean, when you looked at the guys at the top of the leaderboard, I mean,
0: Griot was what four clear after front, and you just you're just sitting there chattering. I'm like, well, the real lead is nine under. Then it's like yeah. Griot, that guy is just an absolute curse, isn't he? If you were on GRIO last week, unlucky. I mean. He finished in a tie for eighth with four other people. Uh, And, you know, he's just an absolute liability with any kind of lead, isn't he, Grio? And then you had Finau up there as well. Uh, Some of them, you know, Tom Hoagies never won. You you just looked at that leaderboard and it's like, well, Hovland, he's got the Puerto Rico open curse on him, but come on. He needs to get involved here to get get over the line. And. and he had been tra- definitely trending. His game was perfect for Meyer and It really is, you know, that, that that fairway and green mentality. And the putter was warming up on, you know, at Houston, the last outing he'd played. But yeah, it was just it was just and then you get Harris English ploughing in with an eight under, you know, backdoor top five. So he'll be at some ridiculous price at the Sony Open. And it's just it's just that typical it was a typical gallery of people that can't get over the line at the top. One second... that did catch my eye, Max Homer.
1: Yeah, yeah, He
0: started with a 73, then he shot 67, 65, 65, tied for 12.
1: Didn't he put something like 10 birdies in the stretch of 11 holes on the back end mm. of one, one round to the wow. start of the uh, next? Mm. He, he was absolutely firing them off, wasn't
0: he? One one for the memory bank. I had all mm. T's as well, and he didn't let me down overly. He kept in the mix right up and just finished, um, finished a spot outside the top six that I needed. But yeah, Ortiz, I thought that was a decent effort. And we were kind of right about Anser, weren't we? It's like, oh, yeah, all the pressure and shoots 72 in the first round, six, seven off the lead from the start. And uh, it was Ortiz that was more in the mix from a Mexican side throughout. But yeah, I thought it was a decent tournament. And uh, Hovland, I mean, he's now into the world's top 20 at his age. I mean, that is a, that, that trio of Wolf, Hovland and Morikara, I I can't recall in all my time covering golf, such a talented threesome that have hit the golf tour at the same time.
1: Yeah, fearless as well, aren't they? I mean, that's the second time that Hovland's won a tournament by birdying the final hole. The last. Mm. And, you know, it shows a level of, um, you know, fearlessness and, uh, you know, it's certainly... Certainly, ability. Um, impressive stuff. Uh, We should should also mention Barry your um JC Richie pick in South Africa last week because you put him put him up on the pod last week at what one hundred and twenty five to one, I think he was.
2: Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah. It was a nice one. It was a very pleasant surprise, and he um yeah he he put me through the ringer, like just throwing in doubles (laughs) and runs of bogeys, and but just kept bouncing back with birdie. So um yeah, it was quite quite a nice one to catch.
1: Well, yeah, and again, birdie on the final hole, which uh, secures a full each-way power for you, which uh, that kind of price is a a very nice result um, overall, so good stuff.
0: Just a world ranking check before we move on. (coughs) uh, Todd, with his top eight last week, will uh, stay in the top 50. Um, not that that was overly important for Todd because he qualified for the Tour Championship, so he was in the Masters anyway. We've got Westwood now at 47. He eked up a spot even though he didn't play. That's going to be important for Lee to stay in that top 50 with the Ryder Cup qualification starting in January. Poulter at 48. Wallace squeaks into the top 50 at 49. Mackenzie Hughes sits on the bubble at 50. Strillman 51. Fowler 52. So Fowler will not be getting his Masters invite uh, this year in December, as he has done for many, many years. We've got Van Ruen at 53. Corey Connors eked himself up to 54, but not quite enough. Reeve, 55. Munoz, 56. And we've got Zalatoris, 57. And Henrik Stenson, 58. And McIntyre at 59. So they're very much still in the hunt, those two with a good run this week at the DP World Tour championship.
1: Yes. Yeah, McIntyre good, good,
0: and Stenson.
1: Some good points up for grabs this week at the uh in huge. Dubai. So, so yeah, important week points. for a few of them.
0: Hmm. Definitely. Mm. That was my last event. I was quite happy in the end with twenty twenty. I the way that I work now, which is a lot more strokes gained orientated. I have become a lot less trends in terms of just stats and scoring and whatever. Um, just needed a winner in really. I mean I've ended up positive for the year um, just begging just begging for a winner Burns 50 to 1 Higgs 80 to 1 Long 25 to 1 Davis at 66 this is all since the second week of September people that have been leading and haven't won for me Chauffele and Thomas at 12 to 1 two weeks on the trot win only we had Cam Smith at the Masters at 81 and last year last week we had Adam Long at 70s but I keep going on the motto that Barry's mentioned a couple of times recently in the pods. You've just got to keep getting players into contention and eventually the wins will come. It's, I not can't, a player in a, it's like being a
2: player in a way, isn't it? I can't wait to follow your picks in 2021, Steve, because you've just built up so much latent variance to just click and hit winner after winner. It's, like it, it, it's just a matter of time. If you keep getting guys in the hunt, one of them's just going to fall over the line.
0: Could Ever be... since Morikawa won at the PGA, I haven't had a victory.
2: Uh, so the Morikawa... Mar- nope. Okay, we're going to need to create a curse over this, uh, <laughs> around this. Uh, <laughs> I, we, you just, have... uh,
0: when you're in this situation, as Paul, you know, we, you just got to try and keep filling those gaps, trying to cover the week. If you can't get the winner, you just got to co- try and cover the week with an each-way place. Or two,
1: yeah, yeah. Then move on, and and in the knowledge that your actual, your logic and your your process is right, it's just um, those players have got to fall over the line, and it's it's not easy to win, is it? If I compared that
0: to twenty nineteen, there were weeks in the full series, uh, you know, two, three, four weeks where I was losing everything I staked. So I think that the process I go through now, I'm a lot more comfortable and confident with it just to keep getting players at least somewhere close to a lead. So you, at least you get a sweat on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like long this week, it was just nice to have a player that was playing nicely enough that you had a chance to win coming down the stretch. Yeah. That's all you ask for, really, isn't it? it Let's did. hope that we can get some players in the mix this week over in Dubai, the World Tour Championship. Now, mm. the established, a, a very well-established end to the European Tour season yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah, a been, respected tournament and a, good, and a great field
1: been going since 2009 and actually I've got a pretty good record on this um, historically so hopefully fingers crossed can finish the uh, finish the year off on a high and pay for pay for a few, a few of those Christmas presents as well
0: it's one of those that's a bit famine or feast, isn't it? It's either single-digit winner or one at a nice, juicy sort of 66-80 to 1, or, you know, that kind of range, yeah. isn't it?
1: Yeah, a, I'll go through the winning prices um, in, in a few seconds. But, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's a, a good mix, and you kind of expect that with some of the names that tend to turn up for this because uh, you have some, some real cream at the top of the uh, market and then, you know, some good quality players a little bit further down who you can build a case for but, um, but yeah let's go through it in detail then um dp world tour championship it's actually it's over a year now isn't it since the season started with all of the uh, shenanigans with covid19 um, and it all ends this week we'll finally crown our race to dubai champion on sunday night yeah i guess you know it's clearly been a disjointed year and um, far few bigger tournaments during the course of the year and um, does mean it sets up for an interesting finale really because ordinarily you might have two or three, I think in recent times we've had up to five players who could win the race to Dubai coming into the final event um, from the way the scoring works. But this year, um, because there have been fewer bigger tournaments, the um, the, prior, or the the scoring so far is far closer. Um, at the top of the race to Dubai right now, Patrick Reed on 2,427 points. Tommy Fleet with 1,967, so there's about a 450-500 point gap between the two. Colin Morikawa, just under 1,900 points. Lee Westwood, 1,793. And Christian Bosweden, who has moved up to fifth spot. I do pronounce his name differently every time I say it. He's moved up to fifth spot. Um, in the race to Dubai now after his back-to-back wins over the last couple of weeks at 1,717 points. Now, that's important because the winner this week gets 2,000 points. So that's actually more than Tommy Fleetwood's accumulated in the entire season so far and he's in second spot.
2: It's uh, so ridiculous. <laughs>
1: it's bad, isn't it? So <laughs> so who?
0: So theoretically, Paul, how far could we go down that wow. someone could effectively win this week and grab the title? Steve, I know... You,
2: I know if you can I, I get to Dubai, think. Steve, just get over there, get some clubs <laughs> in your hand, mate. So Henrik Stenson could win, even though he's got like one point. Well, in the European Tour this year to, to
1: overtake Patrick Reed, you'd need to have circa 450 points already. Um, but no. you know that does take you way down the list. You're talking in players in 30th place, quite comfortably, could overtake Patrick Reed if Reed has an absolute stinker and they win the golf tournament. Now, you've got the other permutations because the points cascade down. So second place, third place, fifth place, etc., will get a good chunk of points, but certainly nowhere near 2,000. So right. um, there are a multitude of scenarios. But I think it's quite reasonable that someone in 10th or 15th place, if they win the golf tournament and Patrick Reed doesn't come second or maybe third, um, they could mm-hmm. win the race to Dubai. So okay. in the past, we've had these scenarios where it, the the pressure's kind of firmly on the shoulders of a couple of players, um, you know, maybe two or three players at the very top, and we've seen Tommy Fleetwood in recent years have a real shout at this um, uh, winning the title, and you know, kind of kind of wobbling and just about squeaking over the line, and you know, and, and struggling in the tournament itself. And um, this year, you've got so many players who, at the point at which they hit the lead, will probably be leading the race to Dubai. So um so yeah it's very different dynamic this week um, and uh, it's it's going to make for interesting viewing because it, it, you know it really is all down to how this week pans out really
0: so being being aimly retentive as I am and I'm sure there'll be a few uh, listeners who are in the same kind of boat as I am where did the final cut come in terms of the field
1: well it's, the, the rules. <laughs> were, yeah. I, I
0: just like dropping you in the. No, uh, no. The well, I, I, I have Sorry. kind of got my head
1: around it. Um, you have got your head around. Well, it. I have. Yeah. So originally, it should have been the top top sixty in the race to Dubai who qualified. Yeah. That was extended to the top top sixty available, um, on the basis that the the guys knew the European all knew as a result of the pandemic that there weren't going to be all of the top sixty available. They extended yeah. that to anyone who was in the top twenty, or sorry, top 75 of the world rankings and was eligible to play for the European Tour as well. So mm-hmm. some players who are way outside the top 60, um, but still had a you know, European Tour card effectively, as long as they were in the top 75 of the world, they could play as well. And then with the way that uh, a number of the field, and we've got a dozen players who pulled out from the top 60, that actually means that, the top seventy-two, so all the way down to Yost Lauten in seventy-second place, mm. have qualified for the tournament, and then we've got four others who've joined as a result of this top seventy-five clause, um, which who, who are Victor Hovland, who obviously won last week, Danny Willett, Henrik Stenson, and Jazz Jaina Watanabe, who have been added right, to okay. the field. Yeah. Um, the other twist is that the top sixty became the top sixty-one for some. Um, well, I'm not even going to try and hazard a guess as to what the reason was for that, but uh, clearly, sixty became sixty-one. So, we actually have a field of sixty-five players here this week. Which right, encompasses, sixty-five players. Right. Yeah, encompasses those um, those four extras and then everyone down to Jos Lauten, who was available in seventy-second spot. So, yeah, kind of a, a late reprieve for some of the guys who would have been staring at um, you know a sixtieth place or just over spot last week in the race to Dubai and uh, they're here they're playing so um, yeah well at least at least in that way we've got a full field last year we were down to 50 players who, who played in the end so it has extended the field out um, a little bit I, really though it's more about the players who aren't here isn't it you know as I say there's a dozen that are missing most notably John Rahm who's not defending and uh, Rory McElroy who's won here twice in the past so He's left the um, left the market pretty open, I think. And um, Patrick Reed's the favourite, generally eight to one. is a little bit right now, Tuesday morning. What's uh, just gone nine o'clock here in the UK? Um, a little bit of nine to one on Patrick Reed, but generally eight. Tyrrell Hatton twelve to one, uh, Victor Hovland, Tommy Fleetwood both 14s. Matt Fitzpatrick sixteen to one, as is Colin Morikawa sixteen to one. Sung Jae Im, 18-1. to 1. Now, Sung Jae is interesting because originally he was going to be playing over in that uh, QBE shootout.
0: Shootout, it? yeah. We said last week he was he was in the field to play that.
1: Yeah, he was. So he was clearly
0: 20 something 20. changed where he said, no, I'll get myself across to um, the earth course. Yeah,
1: it's, uh, you yeah, again, it was... Well, it, welcome addition. Can't well, say,
0: you know, welcome addition. And the Bermuda grass greens. I mean, the, the actual course itself, you know, should suit him to a certain extent.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was interesting because we didn't get a full field um, confirmed until what about ten thirty, nearly eleven o'clock yesterday morning over in the UK. So clearly there was some toing and throwing as to actually who was going to be turning up this week. But uh, but yeah, J Im's decided to play this rather than the QBE. Uh, Christian Bezwein, who now twenty to one on the back of those two wins over the last couple of weeks, twenty five to one bar those players because decent field. Field of 65, as we said, and as we said at the top of the show, worth noting that ball sports are eight places each way, 50 odds on this 65 man field. So that's a good chunk of the field you're covering off there Mm. if you do place your bet with boils this week. So the course, Earth Course, um, Jamera Golf Estate. So the same piece of land that we were on last week, next door to the fire course uh, that we saw for the um, the Golf in Dubai Championship last week. And the same track that we've used since the um, inception of the uh, event back in 2009. It's a Greg Norman design, 7,676 yard pass, 72. Bermuda grass used throughout on the fairways, the rough, a little bit of rye in the rough as well. And then on the greens, the greens should be a little bit quicker than they were last week. Probably getting 12 and a half, maybe up to 13 on the stimp this week um, with some dry weather forecast. It is a long track, but typically scorable. I mean, we saw um, Henrik Stenson back um, five, six years ago. He hit twenty five under. I think it was his total that he won one year. So clearly it's scorable. The last three renewals have been won at 19 under, 18 under and 19 under. So very consistent. More of the same likely this week, I think. Perfect golfing weather. The forecast for warm, dry, sunny weather, highs in the high 70s Fahrenheit, five, maybe 10 mile an hour winds. You do get a little wind that pops up in the afternoons around here, but um, it doesn't look to be particularly um, difficult. It doesn't look to be particularly strong, the wind this week. So I'm expecting somewhere close to 20 under again to be the the winning total um, for this week. Going back, looking at some of the um, odds of winners here. Uh, Robert Colson, 2010, we picked him up at 50 to 1. That was a nice win, I remember that one. 2011, Alvaro kios we picked him as well, 40 to 1 that week. So um, a couple of nice, juicy winners back in the day. Uh, 2012 was Rory McElroy, 6 to 1. Henrik Stenson, the following year, 11 to 1. I think I would Stenson as well. So I was on a decent run at that point on this particular track. I think it all went down the pan after that. 2014, Stenson retained at 17 to two. Uh, McIlroy five to one in 2015. Fitzpatrick 66 to one. Then a short price again. John Rahm 12 to one. Danny Willett 80 to one. And then John Rahm last year seven to one. So as you said a few seconds ago, Steve, um, there's a mm. real mix there of players. Seven yes. of those, seven of those wins were 16 to one or shorter. And then you've got a 50, 40, 66 and an 80 to one winner as well. Those kind of juicy, punting, sweet spots for for players that you can build a case for, but um, you're taking a a little little bit of a risk on, really. Um, But clearly they can go over the line as well. So uh, different ways to kind of approach that. And that does wash through in my picks, which I'll go through in a few minutes. Um statistically this is a yeah, the, the track is a fairways and greens task for first and foremost the ball runs out of here on the greens uh, on the fairways quite a bit and that's why you've got the likes of Fitzpatrick and Willett and and even Stenson who won both times with using his three-word predominantly rather than his driver and um, you don't have to be an exceptionally long here to win even though it's a 7600 yard par 72 and um, that's not to say that length doesn't help because undoubtedly par five scoring is key here so if you're keeping the ball in play and you're hitting it a long way then you know like with John Rahm like with Rory McIlroy you can um, prevail here as a result of that uh, strategy you've also got a putt well though looking at the last four winners here they ranked second third first and first for putting average on the over the four days so you can't get away with a poor, even an average putting performance here. That does put me off a few of the players that um, you know you could build a case for. I mean, the reason for that is you've got to make birdies. Rahm made 25 birdies and an eagle last year. And that's kind of where you need to be. You need to be making a good 20 plus, 23, 24, 25 birdies. The odd eagle. Keep your card as clean as possible. And then you're going to give yourself a chance of getting to that kind of 20 under total that's going to put you in the mix on Sunday afternoon. As I say, par fives, definitely key. And the key to that, of course, is hitting the fairways, giving yourself a chance to go for the green. So it kind of, again, all boils down to what I said at the start. I think you need to have good control from tee to green. You know, Maximising the number of go- strokes you're gaining from off the tee is another good way to look at it and um, see where that leads you We'll um, see that leaves you up in terms of making your total score. Other trends to consider: every winner of this, if you go back to the very start, every winner of this had a top seven finish in their previous six starts, and generally course form has been pretty strong or pretty strong indicator of, uh, of performance. So if you look at everyone other than John Rahman, and the guys who won right at the very start of the um, the tournament when it first came to the tour. Everyone else has had a pretty strong history. And if you look through the course history stats, which are detailed on the preview this week, then you can see a lot of players either winning multiple times. And we've had Rahm, Rory and Stenson, each of whom have won three or two times each in the 11 years. And then even the players that had won for the first time, um, a lot of those had finished kind of fourth or you know, second or whatever before so some decent prior experience of the track and a decent spin on the track in the past is also a decent um a decent way to look at this this week I think so Rolex event a big prize as we know um and uh, with so many players in with the chance of winning the race buy I wonder how different the dynamic will be this week you know it does it does take the pressure a little bit off some of those players who you know, would be feeling the pressure for being, you know, expecting to go off and potentially win the race to Dubai. Um, with so many that have got a chance, it potentially changes that. I don't mean it changes the way that the course sets up. I don't think it changes the requirement for hitting greens and fairways first and foremost, and uh, and making your putts. So, yeah, interesting. It's going to be going to be a good good event to to get stuck into this week. And uh, as I say, one that we've had a bit of success in in the past. Hopefully. And finish the season off on a high. I think
0: what it does mean is you're going to have a, you know, there's a number of players that are going to be in with a chance of winning a you know, a, a huge prize that haven't, you know, an order of merit that have never had that chance in the past before and Absolutely. it'll be interesting to see how they react.
1: Mm. Yeah, and you know, we've seen in the past with just standard Rolex series events because the prizes are so big, then some players who a little bit further down the list to get himself into the mix, and then uh, there's, mm. there's a point at which it kind of there's a dawning realization that this is a kind of a two yeah. million dollar first prize or whatever it would be for those you know, events in the past, and uh, mm. suddenly there's more of a wobble than we ordinarily see on the European tour, which is usually pretty wobbly at the best of times, isn't it? But mm. uh, yeah, that no, we'll see, we'll see how it pans out. I, I, I've gone for four, um, they're all at different price points, so I'll, I'll go through one at a time and see if you guys have got any other fancies at the same kind of price point so if i start at the top um the guy that i, I fancy the most from the first kind of four or five players in the market is Tyrrell hatton um, and i've backed him win only at 12 to 1 this week um and again the rationale is similar to what we talked about a few seconds ago Seven 70 to 11 winners here were um, 16 to 1 or shorter the cream certainly seems to rise to the top until tenth in the world now, and you don't get, you don't fake your way to tenth in the world. He's he's had a fabulous twelve months that have pushed him up to that kind of level. Um, he won the Tokyo, uh, he won in Turkey um, in another Rolex event at the back end of last year. He got his breakthrough on the uh, PGA Tour early in the year, didn't he, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational? He he won at Wentworth in the autumn, and again another Rolex Series again, an event, another big. Uh, paycheck for for Till Hatton that's boosted him um, you know, personally and also boosted him up the uh, world rankings as well with the points that were on offer that week and for him I guess the icing on the cake would be that if he does win this week uh, ninth in the race to Dubai so there's you know I, I think he's well within the realms of winning the overall uh, prize should he win the golf tournament this week and uh, his form's been decent even after that win at Wentworth third at the CJ Cup where he topped greens in regulation some decent Greens in regulation again at the Houston Open, where he finished seventh. And then um, on his last spin at the RSM Classic, 84.7% Greens in regulation. Same stat. And I think that's important because that's going to be one of the key factors this week. That number for Tyrrell there at the RSM was his best Greens in regulation stat for over a year. He closed with a 65 that week. And that was his um, his last uh, outing mm. um, in uh, as a. In the competition play, so he should be coming in pretty buoyed from those performances, I think. And coming to a track where he's done well in the past. Six attempts here, he's best a second. He's got a couple of other top eight finishes as well. And um, four of those attempts out of six, he's top. He's ranked inside the top eight for putting performance on the week. So he clearly enjoys the Bermuda greens. Um, he's hitting you know, absolutely tons of greens at the moment as well, which puts him right in the... Uh, in, in the mix for this, I think. And, uh, you know, combine that with more Dubai form. He's got a couple of third place finishes in Dubai at the Desert Classic over the years as well. And um, putting it all together in the mix, I think he's got a great chance this week. And um, three Rolex series events to his name already. It's, you know, that that kind of level's pretty easy for him now, I think. His next step is probably to win something like this, to win a DP World Tour Championship. And if he does win the race to Dubai as a result of it, then, I think that's a you know just rewards for the, the for the season that he's had, and um, and then that should uh, give him a good platform to potentially go on and um, you know, really contend for some major championships over the next uh, year or two as well, which uh, is his clear next stepping stone. So yeah, I, I really do fancy the chances of Hatton to go off and win this golf tournament this week. So I've backed him accordingly at twelve to one, win only. Now the top of the market, guys. Is anyone there that? you would come or you have, or you would comfortably back.
2: know If, if Hovland hadn't won last week, I'd probably back him, would have backed him for this, Mm. but it's all, it's all gone. (laughs) It's all gone wrong. Um, I'm close on um, Matt Wallace. He's got a couple of good results here. Second in the 28th in this event. He's second last week. I feel like the guy's just ready to grab a big win. And um, yeah, I don't have much else than that. It's just it just seems like a little bit of like a added motivation from you know the little failures last week. Mm-hmm. You know, and but for those things, he could have had a win. So you know, he just has to convert a couple of little things more. And uh, so uh, yeah, Matt Wallace yeah. is uh, that
1: okay. Wallace yeah. was close for me. You know, as you know, I backed him last week, and he, if he does, if he does manage to um to to get those. Wild and it's so only one or two per round. If he gets those get those wild drives out of his system, then um, he's not going to be far away. He's finished second here in the past as well. So, mm. so yeah, yeah, he's got to, he's got a chance, Matt. I can see the logic with him. What would you what would you do at the top? Steve.
0: The, on Wallace, he's thirty fourth in the race to Dubai. at seven hundred and thirty nine points. Yeah. He could be in a scenario now, you know, where. A couple of the, yeah, I can't foresee a number of the top guys not being right in the mix. Wallace could be in a situation here where he could focus on winning the tournament, knowing that the race to Dubai is very unlikely to fall on his shoulders. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that I think is a huge advantage for him when it's coming, you know, potentially down the stretch. He can concentrate on winning a huge tournament rather than the 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 whole race to Dubai order of merit, that, that could work in his favour. The one I backed at 13.5 on the um, exchange yesterday was Hatton.
1: Yeah.
0: I literally looked at your tips, picked up my phone and backed him straight away because he was the one logically in my head who fits. And I, I just think with Hatton, as you said, world top 10, for me, he's now... If you'd have asked me the same question this point last year, top three European players in the world, it would clearly be McElroy, Rahm, and Fleetwood. Mm. For me now, it's Rahm, McElroy, with Hatton in third, on current form and just you know just the way that they've been playing of late.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I just think it's a logical extension that someone you know, a European to a stalwart who can um, and regularly wins. Um, the Rolex series events now and can win big tournaments uh, clearly won the Arnold Palmer in uh, PGA issue in the States I just think it's a logical extension of him to take this and um, you'd look at him as being a race to Dubai champion and go yeah Hatton fits Yeah, Hatton yeah. fits that mould
1: yeah, I, I, out, I, I, honestly
0: thought, I honestly thought him and Reed would be a little bit close I mean they're quite close with a couple of bookmakers I just thought I didn't ex, I didn't think 12s would be out there I thought that no. it would be more kind of 10 they'd both be sort of 9 and 10 to 1 yeah. I s I'll kind of pleasantly surprised with 12s even I, though it's yeah. only in two spots I,
1: I, 8 to 1 and 12 to 1 feels like a too much of a differential for the relative, for me, chance, yeah. relative chances of the players. Bear in mind that uh, Patrick Reed still hasn't won a regular European tour event. So, um, and that's not to say he won't or can't. He's, he's clearly playing in the better ones. He's not coming over and playing the uh, Kenya Open, is he? He's coming over and playing the top ones. So, um, yeah, there's, there's no reason why he wouldn't or couldn't win, but uh, he hasn't done so far. Um, the I other know one you're
0: not going to get. I know you're not going to get Patrick Reed at fifty or sixty to one in this field. But that's the kind of price point where we tend to you, you tend to pick up. Read, I'd, I'd never back read on the PJ tour here at, at nine to one. Just wouldn't nah. think of it. Hatton at 12s, I thought mm, that's not bad. So I was straight in on that thirteen and a half on the exchange. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I, I'm in total agreement there. Um, agree
0: with Barry as well. I think Wallace will have a good run. Yeah,
1: I mean, the, the other one clearly has been backed at the top end is Fleetwood. Um, you I talked about a few seconds ago, the need to be kind of top three for putting on the week. And I just wonder if Tommy's got that in his locker. Um, and that may be the only thing that really, because, he, he, you know, if you look back over the last couple of months or so, two or three months, there's a few events that he should have won should he putted better or had he putted better. And um, I, I wonder when push comes to the shove, whether he, he can actually make those putts that are going to get him over the line here.
2: Tommy feels like he's in an extended period of his B level form, yeah. but his B level form doesn't seem good enough for him to grab wins.
1: No, no, he's right and in the mix, there's, mix isn't there's, he? But
2: there's some sort of funk. It is something he just needs to get out of uh, to to get to his A game. I think he went. Uh, you know, obviously when he gets to his A game, he's phenomenal and and can crush a golf tournament. But his uh, his B game just. I don't think it's reaching that level where you can grab wins like the the truly elite players can do when they don't have everything firing on all cylinders. Yeah.
1: No. I,
0: no, I agree, I agree. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. And the I'll other. I'll tell player... you one
0: thing about the other. Sorry, just on Tommy Fleetwood. One thing that I've noticed with Fleetwood, when he actually wins tournaments, um, which is few and far between. Let's be frank with Tommy. He's not. He's not exactly the greatest converter. These were the greens in regulation numbers. The outing before he won, third. <laughs> second, first and sixth for Greens in Regulations, the tournament before he won. And he played the RSM Classic and he was 39th for G.I.R. last time out. I, he is such a ball-striking machine. And that's what's actually disappeared of late, Yeah, which is his bread and butter. Yeah, and actually Hatton, as you said, was striking the ball beautifully across the weekend at Sea Island a couple of weeks ago on his last outing.
1: Yeah, not not far off, is he? Not far off at all, Um, um, uh, Tyrrell Hatton. No. Um, You talked about Wallace, someone I have backed at a similar kind of price, is uh, Robert McIntyre, 28-1. to Um, He was yesterday when I picked him up. And he got his much-anticipated first win in Cyprus um, last month, didn't he? Um, We've known for a while that McIntyre is well capable of winning on the European Tour. And now that he's got that win under his belt, I wonder if he'll just push on from strength to strength. Following that, 6th at Leopard Creek, he was 7th going into the final day last week on the neighbouring course here, the fire course. So, a um, nice little warm-up for this. And we've already seen three multiple winners in this kind of post-lockdown period on the European Tour with uh, Sam Horsfield, John Catlin and of course Christian who last week. Um, and some players are clearly far more comfortable in this kind of scenario in the bubble than, than others, so... Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all all to see McIntyre play well this week. And he's flushing at the moment. Um, Looking at his strokes gained off the T numbers over the last three starts. Second, first, second. And that marries perfectly with what you'd expect to find from the winners here on the earth course. Now, we've only got strokes gained numbers from last year. Um, They were only captured last year. And prior to that, there isn't any. Um, But that kind of number that that the strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained tee to green have been pretty strong determinants of who plays well here so second first second over his last three starts from off the tee is really strong performance from McIntyre Mm. 14th here on debut last year Um, clearly on debut he was just learning about the course he also had that kind of niggling wrist injury at the back end of last year which he's got over now um, and he can come here with um you know with those four rounds in the bag from last year. And the weekend he played last year was one of the best. He started 71-74, I think, and then pushed himself through to fourteenth by the end of the uh end of the week. So he clearly started to get to grips with the course. coming back for the second time, he should be better for that. Um he was eighth in Dubai at the Desert Classic earlier this year, and he won his first professional title on the MENA Tour back in 2017 in Kuwait. So just the other side of the Persian Gulf from here. And for me, I think McIntyre 28 to one or thereabouts has got a decent chance this week. Um, and then I've backed two more who kind of in this um, price bracket that we talked about at the start. So when you look at these juicier prices that have converted here in the past, um, I don't. You know, I, I, again, it won't look out of place if you get a fifty or a sixty-six or an eighty-to-one winner. I think that is the alternative to. So how we might see this pan out this week. So the two that I backed in that bracket are Danny Willett, who I picked up at 66s yesterday. There's still a bit of 55 to 1 around at the moment. Um, and I think Danny's playing better than his headline form suggests. And I think with Danny, is another one who just focuses more on the big prizes. You look at his last three wins, the Masters um, here at the DP World Tour Championship and then last year at the BMW PGA Championship at, uh, at Wentworth. So... Clearly, you know they're big, big events for a player like Danny to be winning, um, and he seems happy with his game. You talk, you look at him on Twitter. He talks about how his game's going well, it's fitter and stronger than he has, but has been for a long time. Um, injuries generally um, past him now. Hopefully, <clears throat> excuse me. Tenth for putting average at Augusta recently. Tenth for driving accuracy last week on the Fire Course on his warm up for this. So 30th place finished last week may put a few off, but I think really that is just about acclimatising and getting himself ready for the assault on this title this week. Rolex level clearly doesn't intimidate him. He's as I say, won here. He's won the BMW PGA. Um, he was fifth here last year when defending. He finished fourth prior to his win. So he clearly enjoys the earth course. And we know that this course or this event, it produces repeat winners. We've talked about Rahm and McElroy and Stenson. Um, Danny Willett could be the fourth player on that list who uh, gets another win on this track. So quite happy to say, I was surprised at the price. I must say, I thought he was going to be quite a bit shorter than that, Danny Willett. So um, I was really pleased to take 66 to 1 on Willett. And finally, um, eighty to one I got on Dean Bemester. And again, he's been nibbled in a little bit, seventy to one at the moment. Actually opened at 90 to 1 briefly last oh yesterday. And I think he's been backed in for fairly obvious reasons, fourth here twice from his two starts. If you look at our event history stats this week, he tops the stroke average for the field um by full points. So he's clearly played this track well in the past. There's a couple of quotes in my preview and where he's talked about how comfortable he feels on this track and how it just suits his eye Um, and that bears out in his results so fourth and fourth from two attempts he was fourth also last week at the south african open where he was best in the field last week for total driving and ball striking it's the ball a mile so if you get a player who's who's striking the ball um so well and also hitting it i mean he's second on tour behind wilco ninabar so um, for, for a player who's hitting it that well and hitting it so far that's a potent combination particularly on a track like this and then to the top it he ranks second for great strokes game putting on tour for the season so you know there's, there's a lot to like with Dean Bermester's game particularly coming back to a track that he enjoys finished third at the Dubai Desert Classic earlier in the year and um, fifth at the Italian Open recently so clearly in some decent nick and that was prior to last week's effort where as I say he finished fourth and um, there wasn't much to dislike, or well, in fact, there wasn't anything to dislike for a player who's um, who's in that kind of bracket um, price-wise this week. So, Burmester's in. So that's Burmester for me. Danny Willett, Bobby McIntyre, and at top of the shop was Til Hatton. Win only. The other guys were each-way punts. Um, any others that were a bit further down the list for you guys?
2: I like the Burmester shade. I've jumped on that. Mm. Has uh, got a yeah, just like, <laughs> yeah, the numbers make so much sense. So I really like that. Um, I've stuck with Will Besseling. Uh, this week maybe works a little bit better for him. He's number one, uh, strokes gained off the tee, uh, the European Tour rankings. So maybe this kind of course will uh, kind of play into that for him. So I got him at 150 to 1. I'm happy just to have a little yeah. fun with that. Um... And that's kind of where I'm sitting. Yeah, that, there's nobody else that's really screaming from at me right now. There's a few in the conversation, but I don't know. I'm I might kind of feel it out and maybe add a bed and running. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah. it all starts.
2: I always love motive,
0: motivation, and I love Wallace, 49th in the world. I get that, and I also think Big Bad Bob. I managed to get him at 29 on the exchange yesterday, Robert McIntyre. Mm. And the thing that grabbed me about him was 14th here last year. And I think from memory, he was in a head-to-head uh, with Kurt Kitayama for European Tour Rookie of the Year. That's
1: right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they, plank, together,
0: right? yeah, and as soon as that kind of grouping split from on the weekend he just scored brilliantly around his course McIntyre back door to 14 yeah. and the thing that grabbed me with him is just how well he's driving the golf ball and around a course of this length if you're hitting it long and straight that must be a huge advantage huge huge, huge advantage for me um, that little there's a there's a triumph there's three in the market Wallace McIntyre and Wiesberger I think that's a that's a rich little scene in there it's a rich mm. scene the only thing that puts me off Wiesberger is you just look at his history he hasn't won on Bermuda it's all bent grass yeah the victories he's done well yeah he's had a fourth I think he's had a, a third or a fourth at Dubai Desert Classic. And 28, I can see why he's 28. Is is it two top 10s on the trot? One in America and then one last week on the course next door. But yeah, I think McIntyre, especially with that world ranking carrot as well, a really good week this week. And uh, he's getting that Masters invite on his doormat. Yeah. So yeah, I've only backed to, I've followed you in, Paul. It's probably the worst Worst decision of my life. We're in so serious I'm going trouble. Hatton and McIntyre. No, I agree with you. I completely agree with your reasoning. I'm surprised you're not on. I'm surprised you are not i am surprised you did not follow um, Stenson Barry because he's clearly one of your favourites over the years.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like, just the incoming form just isn't there. You know, mm. um, withdrawal, miscut, miscut, twenty third. We saw that flash. It was a was it sixty four at
0: the RSM last time out on the yeah, Sunday. Sixty three, mm. maybe. Yeah, it, it good, kind good of man. reminds me slightly of how he won that hit and giggle, the Tiger hit and giggle last year. Came from nowhere and all of a sudden, bang! Wins that, grabs a a belly full of you know world ranking points and a rather large check in the Bahamas. But I mean, this is, a, I suppose, this tournaments a different. It's a different level, isn't it? It's a whole new ball game.
2: I think you need to be striking the ball at a pretty. High uh, elite level of numbers coming into yeah. this to, to really get up there and contend. Yeah, um, I mean maybe maybe there's a tempter there for me on first round leader for him. You know, he could just come out of hot, but uh, mm. it could all click for one day. I just don't know if he's got the four days um, yeah. connecting uh, in him at the moment. No, yeah, I think that's a good shout. So uh, I hope I don't regret this now. I might actually just put an insurance bet on because you've brought them to the front of my mind, Steve. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> any uh, the uh was I mean, would the you
0: would you bank Henrik Stenson at fifty to one or Thomas Dietrich? Uh, not really a decision for me. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, I mean it's finally that's a, it's, that finally that's a price that you could get on board with with Dietrich. You know, instead of these Mm. mad prices, he was at... uh, 16s and 18s, yeah. Come on, like, yeah, they were ridiculous. This, that's that's the price he could get interested in for him.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now there's a a few around that kind of bracket that you could make a case for, isn't there? You know, with Stenson, certainly, he's got the course history, which would uh, Mm. give him that tick in the box. Whether he's... uh, his focus is there I guess whether, as you say whether, he's, whether his long game is going to hold up for it I've, I've either got him completely right or horribly wrong in the past and um, I've left him alone so that probably probably does give him a good chance this week
2: <laughs> <laughs> alright Steve you've got me I'm going to back him first train leader I'm literally pulling the trigger at this moment and if he goes on to win the tournament I hope Wallace finishes second and I get a full each way place payout and uh, you know on to Christmas happy days one of my favourite golfers won
0: Yep. He's, he's certainly got he's, I'm just looking at his Like 2019 at the end of 20th at the HSBC clearly World Golf Championship and then he finished 17th at the Ned Bank 44th at the DP World Tour Championship and then he went and won that hit and giggle the Tiger Challenge but yeah I just he's that kind isn't he he finished really well at the RSM you could see that kind of spilling over he used to live out here All of a sudden, he hits his strap first round. Interesting angle, that. Interesting. I think that's us, isn't it? Is that us for 2020, gentlemen?
1: Done for the year, yeah. Done for the year. Strange old year, but um, we've uh, made it through to the end.
0: What was your highlight of 2020 before we close it down?
1: A betting highlight would have been the Matt Every win on the uh, first round leader. That was the biggest one. Hundred and seventy-five to one, I think that was, which uh, was a was a beautiful little return. Um, but yeah, clearly that won't go down on my PL because that was a that was just a a podcast uh, win. But uh, financially, that's the biggest biggest win of the year. Although I must say I've given a fair chunk of it back on that over the last uh, last few weeks and months. So it needs to pull another one off sooner rather than later.
2: Much to my amusement, <laughs> I might add. Uh,
1: what about you, Baron?
2: Oh. It it might uh, Do you know what? In a in a weird funky way, it might actually have been the Masters because I tanked every single first round leader and outright bet. And about three or four holes in the end, a friend of mine who was also in the same fantasy golf competition said, uh, you're you're right in the hunt, you're actually in third place right now and somehow dodged all the bullets and finished third and made a nice chunk of money on the week, and it was completely written off in my head. So um the most unexpected kind of bonus of a week the, yeah. I, and I, look, I think the, I think the real win for us was that they got golf back, golf yeah. tournaments back up and running yeah. pretty quickly. Um, when mm. we were all feeling the mo- at our most miserable and, yeah. you know, and, and for them to have run the tours so successfully and not succumbed to like outbreaks of COVID-19 to disrupt the tours on, on any sort of grand scale has been uh, the big win for us as golf fans. So, um, that that's kind of uh, that's kept me yeah. sane all year. So that's that's what I'm kind of most thankful for, I guess. That's
0: a good shout, actually. Can, yeah,
2: I think the way it's been handled by the the authorities, the
0: tours, the players, and everyone involved within the bubble to minimise the impact of COVID has been fantastic, mm. especially with such a huge international game. Yeah, over over many 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 different countries. That's a that's yeah. Yeah, that's a decent shout. I think Morikawa for me, thirty three to one. That was my highlight of the uh, year. My last winner. So yeah, it's, it's been always... a good year, I think, all round in terms of the golf betting. I think, like as you said, the fact that they got the got the sport back, and, and you know, we had that eight ten week period where we couldn't have a have a bet, we were all betting on the Outlaw Tour <laughs> to get to get golf back. You remember those days? Yeah.
1: And the Nicaraguan under twenty. Yeah, the Nicar- <laughs> football league.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think all the tours deserve um, a special praise this year. Well, all I can say is um, festive greetings to you, two gentlemen, and uh, I hope you have a great Christmas and a good New
2: Year. Yeah, you too, both of you. Cheers, boys.
0: And uh, festive greetings to uh, all of the listeners. We will be back with the Golf Betting System podcast the second week of January, where the first tournament will be the tour- PGA Tour Tournament of Champions. And uh, we don't know if you've got European Tour action either, Paul, because they haven't come out with a schedule yet. So you no, might even have Abu Dhabi or something like that as well the same week. Yeah, we don't know. We'll,
1: we'll have to find out a bit closer to the time, but I'd expect it to be Abu Dhabi, whether it's that week or the week after. We shall yeah, find out. Yeah,
0: you might go the week after, try and get some more top boys across to Abu, yeah. Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, thank you for all of your support this year. It's been fantastic. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast and we'll see you again in 2021. Enjoy yourselves. Goodbye.